0: may be seated. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and for some of you, it's my first time to see you in this new year, so happy new year to everyone, and uh, yeah, you know, it's just a, you make these new year's resolutions, and uh, I mean, can you imagine Starting out a new year not knowing really where you are, where you've just settled down and you've stopped and you've made an assessment of everything in your life. You looked at your bank account, you look where you're spending money, you look where you spent your time, you look at how you're building your relationships and who you're building your relationship with. You, can you imagine a person starting out their year not doing that? Can you imagine a person starting out a year not looking 12 months ahead and going, this is what I want to accomplish 12 months from now. Not just in my bank account, but this is who I want to be 12 months from now. Can you imagine someone doing that, starting out a year that way? You know you can. That's how most of us do it, right? Living a life where whatever happens, happens. And you allow those circumstances and events of 2022 to define for you whether or not it was a good year or not. You're going to base this whole next year dependent on whether you're going to get to the end of it on December 31st or January 1st, however you reflect back. But if if we make it that far, we're not even assured of that, right? I mean, Scripture is very clear about that. We're not assured of tomorrow. But if we do make it there, we're going to base whether or not 2022 was a good year based only on what happened by circumstance or events, period. Do you know you could have more money in your bank account and have a better job at the end of 2022? And it's still really at the depth of who you are not been a good year. More money than you've ever had? More fun than you've ever had. But you, you are not more. Genesis 19 tells the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we're not going to camp out there today, but I just thought it was interesting, as I'm reminded of a man named Lot, who if he was operating like most of us do, and I'm not here today to criticize you, because I'll tell you, I do the same thing, so it's not here to me to point the finger at you, but can you imagine a man named Lot? He sat down at his desk, pulled out a sheet of paper, and wrote across the top, goals, my life goals for 2022 number one to lose all sense of moral values number two to forfeit all spiritual authority at home number three to exert no influence for good in my community number four to lose everyone and everything dear to me most of us don't sit down and write that out that way Because it's ridiculous to think that we would write that out that way. Reality is, Lot met all those goals. and You can go back and read it for you, and, and there's a lot more to it, believe me. I don't know what TV show you watch and how explicit it is, but go read Genesis 19. Pretty good little drama there. The goals were really and the consequences were choices that he had made along the way or choices he had not done. What do you want to accomplish? If you're going to have a great year in 2022, how would you know? How will you really know when you get to the end of 2022? How do you even know if 2021 was a good year? What are you basing that on? I hope and pray that wherever you're headed in 2022, and I hope if you had a chance to, because I, I, I don't think we we're able to post it, I don't think we posted last week's message because we can't. So that's one of the unfortunate things if you were not here last Sunday, and that is not a knock toward you either. But if you were not here and didn't watch online, we can't post last week's message from Craig Rochelle from Global Le- Global Leadership Summit due to uh, agreements we've made. But if we're going to make 2022 a year that we look back on and go, yeah, I have great loss. I mean, I can look at 2021 for me personally. We, I lost a brother-in-law. There are other losses. Obviously, some of you were even celebrating yesterday, the last few days, and celebrating their life, and will be this coming week. I went through a time personally for about three and a half months. It's one of the hardest physical, emotional, spiritual times I've gone through that I can remember, and I won't get into all the details. Of that maybe I'll share those along the way, but it was. But do I base those things on whether or not 2021 was a good year? What I would like to do today, if there's a possibility of that, where I can make it make sense, is give you some thoughts of what I personally am working through as I look into 2022. Now, I realize we already Burn nine days, so some of you looking at go well. Okay, we've I've already wasted most of the year. Like many of you, uh, like many of you, that on January first at the end of the day, I said I told Jan, you know, a a week ago Saturday, I said I feel like I've wasted most of my year just watching football because I had. I hope the rest of the year doesn't unfold that way. The Raiders will get beat tonight, right? So I won't have to waste much time watching them. No, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, I'm a Raider fan. Those of you Cardinal fans or whatever else you heathens are. But uh, uh, but yeah, I hope I don't look back and go, well, it was just, a, I don't think I based on was a great year it was the Raiders made the playoffs. I hope I don't base it on that, okay? I hope there's something more in-depth, more intentional one of them is, I think there is a huge challenge for most of us is number one, I would say, is that we all, when we do New Year's resolutions, our intent is good. But here's the problem with good intentions and not being intentional, because I believe intentional is we bring bring focus, it brings discipline. Very intentional means I am taking it hopefully very seriously, but good intentions has this tendency. To make us think we're making progress just by talking about it. Some of you in 2021 had good intentions of losing 10 pounds. Now you only have 25 to go. Right? And you don't have to say it. Now, some of you are about to have a baby, so I'm not, I'm not you're, you're discounted. Uh, but, but good intentions alone have this way of, 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 of somehow or another in our psyche messing with us. Uh, by me talking about it and by me continuing to think that I would really like to do that, somehow or another, In my mind, I'm actually accomplishing something. When in reality is we may be getting further away from it. So intentions. One of the things that I think is one of the biggest challenges for me at times, and this is going to sound weird coming out of a pastor... Is being faithful. Now, now let me quantify it. Let me... I don't know about you, but I am really good about being faithful when everything's going good. I'm extremely good about that. I, I think I could probably get a pretty high mark on being pretty good when I'm not being tested. But boy, there is something about And for me, when I was going through my window of time there this last fall of getting maybe an hour, two hours sleep a night. And this snowball begins to affect, and anxiety because I'm not getting any sleep. And I I still to this day don't know all the details around it. I'm just thankful that I'm not there anymore but the question is though in the middle of all that it began to be as I was being tested for whatever reason and how the test whether I brought the test on or the circumstances brought well however I got there there was this little bit of a tendency to wonder how how faithful am I how much do I trust God in here because I begin to look all other places and I begin to go why have I ever been there that in the middle of the testing in the middle of the trial, faithfulness. I think that's maybe the thing that frustrated me. the enemy uses that also. Is it now, to even whisper, if you will, you're questioning, Look, look like, well, wait a second. Wait a second, I thought you'd built your whole life. I thought, matter of fact, you're the guy that does live life to the max. Remember you? Oh, yeah, I remember that. It used to be that. Remember that guy who wrote Uncommon, who's working on Uncommon to live life? Remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy, but here's the problem. I don't feel that right now. I am so thankful. That faithfulness does not depend on how I feel. Jen and I have gone through it financially over the years. We've made some choices along the way that were our own own fault. One of them was we decided to have four kids. No, just kidding about that. but, (laughs) But... In the middle of having two in college and one at a private school, and that was a choice, trying to help and looking down at my checkbook, and there's $900 left in there, and we're in the middle of a a financial crisis as far as 07, 08, 09. If you lived in Arizona, especially maybe in other parts of the country, I only lived here, so all I'm telling you is what was happening to our finances and all the things that was going on. But somewhere in there, though, the question is do you... How, how do you financially for us be faithful or not be faithful? It never crossed my mind there to not be faithful. Never crossed my mind to go, how can I begin to to, to begin to carve a little bit out where I, God, you know where I am, right? You ever done that? God, you know where I am, so I'm going to need to do this. Yes, give 10% and more. We've done it for 30-something years. To the local church and to others. We began to think that we compromised how we were going to try to help our kids get out of college debt free. Was it a bad decision? Maybe. I don't know. For sure, may not know till Sunday, but we believed it and we continue to do it. Because I had seen it too many, I've watched it too many times with young people that I'd sit on boards and watch these young people come from, and they're going to be pastors of all things, and then they've got $100,000 debt and school debt, and how in the world are they ever going to make it? Now, again, I'm not saying if you've got school debt, it's the wrong thing. I'm just saying, I, I believe God had told me that, and we, and we began to do that, and we tried to be faithful. Now, now that doesn't count holding the line with our kids when some would be rebelling in the middle of all that. Allie. i was <laughs> still all going on. And we're going, we're not changing. We're not going to change who we are as a church because a child or who we are as a, a family, excuse me. We're not going to change who we are just because we got a child who wishes we accepted this or that. Now, doesn't mean, but here's the deal. What also didn't change was I didn't love Allie because of who she was or wasn't. I loved her because of who I was in Christ, because of what he had done in my life. Not just because she was my child, which is awesome, because she's a child of God. That's awesome. But what I had to continue to be faithful was, I'm making decisions because of what you're doing in me, not just because of what somebody else is doing. And man, I'm going to tell you right now, please do not hear what I'm not saying today. That I bat a thousand in this. I use the baseball illustration because 300's good in baseball. <laughs> I hope I bat better than 300, okay, in trying to be faithful. But one of the things I ask the Lord and I hope and pray it has been this way for 30-something years, that God, whatever you deposited and you've given to me, You've deposited in me. And he deposits different to different people in gifts and graces, experiences, finances, time. Time But we all have the same. But how we spend it, he looks at us each different in some ways. All should be honoring to him. But one of them is, Lord, let me be a person of generosity in all that you've given me, my time, my gifts, my possessions, all that I've got, that I am a person of generosity. A few years ago, we did a sermon series called The Blessed Life. And this passage of scripture out of the message just jumped up to me and it just stuck with me even though I didn't, I I shouldn't say I've never read it before because I've read the Bible through many times, but this one stuck with me and it's Proverbs 11, It's from the message, so if you don't recognize it, the same. But it's the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I think one of the reasons I want to be intentional this year, because I think there were times this year it got cloudy to me, I just want to remember God's generosity to me and how extravagant it is how ridiculous his generosity to me is. The things he's allowed me to see, just, but, but just every day. And I love living in Arizona, and I love watching the sunset. Just something as simple as that. To the very fact that the reason I can lead my family and hopefully lead this church is because the greatest generosity which is him going to the cross and because of that i have to be a person of generosity i believe when you're transformed you can't help but be generous you design your life for margin to be generous The people that I love hanging out with are some of the most generous people I know. People who are stingy, I love them and I will hang out with them some, but I love hanging out with people who have this huge heart of generosity, of their time and their talents and their possessions, but their love. They would rather gamble by loving someone that someone else would think, well, I don't think they're lovable. Than to draw the line and say, I can't let them in. I was looking through something the other day and I've had this treasure box. Of all things, a guy having one. I know it's corny and it's all that kind of stuff. My mom and dad gave me and my two brothers one of these, I think like 50 years ago or longer. It's a treasure box. It's, it's seen It usually hardly ever sees daylight. It's usually tucked away somewhere. But when I think about this and I, I saw it the other day as I was thinking of Matthew 6 do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin, I like that word vermin, destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Now Jesus, doesn't make, Jesus doesn't make this statement to make us feel bad. He makes the statement to just state a truth. You may not always live out what you profess, but you will always live out what you value. You will always do that. All I got to do is follow you around a little bit and know what you value. I don't. You can tell me whatever you want to all day long. All I got to do is watch you and follow you and look at your checkbook, look at your calendar. look Because what... those are the things you protect, things you hold close, things you make time for. I did kind of laugh, though, when I if this is true if Jesus was saying this man some of the things I value are pretty I kept a watch when I first went to work at Texas Instruments 1981 I doubt it of much value but I've kept it the battery went dead on me somewhere along the last 40 years I have no idea why I've kept this a prison A prism that somebody gave to me. I have no clue why that's in there. But for somewhere along the way, I thought it made its way into my treasure chest. Oh, the coolest thing, though, is the gold necklace I used to wear with the nugget, the gold nugget on it. That's cool. You know it is. You know it is. I don't even know. It may be worth something. I don't know. That one may be valuable. And why I've kept all my... License. I could grow a beard if you want to see that. You know, used to I could. Have, I had an Arkansas and a Texas driver's license at the same time. That was, that was a good, a good day when I could do that. I've got a letter here from the Texas Rangers inviting me to a tryout. I appreciated it. They regretted it. Okay. <laughs> Twelve fifteen eighty one. Why I kept that, it's worth nothing. Most things we treasure that are going to live past this won't fit in a box. But somehow or another, we have a tendency to treasure things that are not going to live, that are not eternal, that are temporary. How much time we spend on sports. I love sports. You know me. You know I love sports. To watch it, I love to follow it. I don't. I don't do fantasy, and I, I did fantasy leagues way before fantasy was fantasy league back in the '80s and '90s. Before when you had to wait on sporting news to look up everything. Okay, you don't even know what that is anymore. You had to wait like three days to get the West Coast scores when you lived in Central United States. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But the reason I am so love sports so much is because of relationships. Oh, sure, I hope the Raiders win tonight and they go on to win, but the biggest reason is because Colton and I, or the Packers, the reason I'm a Packer fan is because Allie and I, it's not because I care whether the Packers have got, you know, however many championships. It's about the relationships. It's about something that may be eternal, even when Colton and I think he would share with you when he was going through times of rebellion, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, the thing that it always connected us wasn't us talking about scriptures about sports, always. So I find things intentionally to do that I know in themselves are temporary, but they have eternal connections. So I treasure them. I hope for the right reasons. I hope when I look and say, "Okay, what are my treasures? What are those things?" Obviously, uh, for for and I, most of you know, possession-wise. Now I've had a truck for 19 years. Yeah, but I, I mean, but reality is, if somebody offered me enough, I'd sell it. I've said this over and over because I was raised the car business. Faith and family—the only two things not for sale. Everything else is negotiable. Okay, it just is. (laughs) Because why do I say that? Is because a home in itself is what you do in it, it's how you use it, and how you, it's not because you have it, it's what you do with it. And if there's not memories and there's not things happening there that ultimately are leading into eternal, then it's just sticks and mortar and concrete because someday all that will go away. I don't think there's anything in the world wrong with having a house or two houses if you want one or three, however you want. But the question is, are you generous? The question is not whether you've got those things. The question is, as you've accumulated those things, Have you been transformed? If you get to the end of 2020, I've got two houses now. That doesn't mean it was a great year. As a matter of fact, you could be more greedy than you ever were before. You could be less generous. You'd be, less, you'd be more stingy than you ever were before. You've heard me say a hundred times here, when I had nothing to risk, I was willing to risk everything. When I had less, I think I gave away more sometimes. If we're not careful, the more we get, the more greedy we get, the more hoarding we get, the more we want to protect it because we knew what it took to get there, so now we don't want to lose it. The other thing I'd just say to you is... uh, This is kind of a side note. One of the things I would like to do this year, and Craig Rochelle had years ago when we listened to one of his, I think, five or six years ago. It just reminded me as I was looking through my notes when I was preparing for last week about him. And one of them was about connecting with people. For some of you, this next year, 2022, is going to be really important for you because of who you're going to connect yourself with. The relationships you're going to intentionally put yourself in the middle of because of the conversations that happen in those relationships. When you're with the people you hang out with, What's mostly the topic of conversation? Is it temporal things or eternal things? Is it dreaming that would require focus and discipline to get there? Or is it something that next year we'll probably need another champion and we'll talk about it again next year? And again, those are not bad things. But I... what. Personally, I'm looking at is I want to hang out with people this next year where there's conversation about things that are impacting people's lives, but things that are eternal. Because one of the things I love about hanging out with people like that is there's so much truth. If you give people permission, they'll begin to say. For instance, if if I say, I want to be the healthiest I want to be in 2022, then you need to be hanging out with people who also want to go that direction. I'm just saying if you're taking that for it. I'm not talking about the spiritual. But if you just say, I want to be healthy this year, I have a feeling you need to be hanging out with people who want to be healthy. Because one of the things that most of us need, and I, 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 because right now truth seems to be in our culture not very highly regarded. I need to be hanging out with people who will speak truth into my life. That I've given permission to do that. Fans, if you've heard us talk about before, those who love you but are not impressed by you, who have your best interest at heart. And the reason I'm reflecting on some of these things is because I think for me personally, these are some of the things I've gotten away from. Whatever reason, whatever circumstances, they're behind me. I can learn from them. But if I'm going to go into 2022, have I built, no matter all the circumstances and all the events that have happened in my life, have I begun to build those relationships? Surrounding myself, again, not necessarily saying I won't hang out with people who are not headed that direction, but I need to be hanging out with people who are going to challenge me to move forward. And the other one is, I'm just going to say, and again, I know this is chopped up a little bit today, jumping around is I want to know that when I get to the end of 2022 I'm more grateful than I've ever been in my life I used to think that if you had someone say describe Kurt Gentry well he's a hard worker you know, especially sports, man. He's the one that's going to dive on the floor to get the ball. He's the one that's going to do that, That's him. But I hope people at some point will describe me as the person who is grateful. You know one of the things I did way too much in 2021? I'm probably the only one in here that's done this. I complained way too much. If I understand scripture, God wants nothing more for me than to me be a person of joy and thanksgiving. Part of the reason I think he wants that because it sets us apart so much in culture. But the art enemy of joy and thanksgiving is complaining. It takes me, and you know who you end up surrounding yourself with if you're not careful? Other people who like to do what? Complain. Not taking you where you want to go. And I apologize. For be a person if you were around me that I complained as much as I have. Now I'm a complex person and I'm a way overthinker. Joy has, uh, works in the office with us too and of course plays the piano, tremendous blessing. She told me one day, she said, Pastor Kurt, you can take a blessing and make it complicated. <laughs> I agree. I am that guy. I am the classic, classic overthinker. Okay, I mean, to a fault. It comes in handy like this percentage of the time. The rest of the time, it's probably not. Okay. (laughs) Psalm 77 3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Complaining makes us miserable. Yeah, I hope would people describe me? If they said, yeah, he's a hard worker, he's a man of faith, he's a man of his word, You me? if he shakes your hand and tells you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. You can count on him. But I still hope more than that, if you know, Kurt, he's a man of gratitude, a man that is just grateful. Because I believe grateful stirs something in your heart. I know a lot of people, you shake their hand, you can count on their word. But I think when you're grateful, there's something about it that changes who you are. And you're a person, one. like I've said earlier, of generosity. And you guard the deposit that's been given to you because you know it's sacred. What God has given to you is sacred. From your time, talents, and treasures, they're sacred. And you take it serious. You know what's at stake. I think sometimes we forget what is going on, what's at stake right now around us. And for some of us, this last year, last two years, has just been a whirlwind of uncertainty. And again, if you you had the opportunity to listen to Craig Rochelle last week, he very well, you know, he said life is made up of that. But I love one of the statements he said in there. When things are uncertain, what's important, the real treasure becomes clear. None of us want financial uncertainty. But when we're without much, what is most important becomes clear. I believe some of us have had means so long, means money, finances, surround. We've had it so long that we've forgotten what it's like to be without. To what's really important because it just gets so so kind of covered up. Because I don't have to worry about what's really important because I've got enough money and means to to cover that. And one of the things that's been very clear to me too. If you're waiting for uncertainty to go to go away, you'll never move. You'll never make decisions you need to make. I just want to mention Allie here, and I've picked on her already. So since I've knocked her already about being rebellious, there is a loop back to that. I just appreciate what you've done in 2021. You've taken risk when there was uncertainty, when there was no money. (laughs) And I look at my life over the last two years, and I have tried to be risk-averse. I've tried to minimize all risk, and it's the best I can. Again, when you're a classic overthinker, I think I'm in a good position at certain times, and I help maybe lead the church in that way. But then there's other times, I think, because of that, which I used to be the risk-taker But Craig Groeschel asked a question. Is there what has been stirring in your heart that won't go away? Well, I know what that is for me. And I'll share that with you over time. I'm not sharing with you right now. But he had two other quotes last week that I'll put up on the screen. Bob Goff's quote, Embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until later. And Craig's quote, the cost of inaction is almost always greater than the cost of a mistake. Some of you have made some huge decisions this last year. And there are times you look at it and go, man, I hope we made the right decision. Others have already got confirmation you made the right decision. And that's awesome. But there's more coming. 2022 will be one of those years that you'll look back on, hopefully because you intentionally went into it knowing this is going to help me determine whether or not this was a good year. Now, again, I know that's, you know, that's, Hard way to say that because who knows what good means in the middle of all this because some of it we don't know until eternity. But I will know whether or not I've allowed God to do what he needs to do in my life. I will know whether I've been more generous. I will know whether I've been more grateful. I will know whether my complaining, and I can ask others, especially if I'm hanging out with the right people who ask me to not complain so much. I will know. Am I in the word? I will know. Am I planting seeds that I may not see for years to come? I will know. And there will be loss and there will be circumstances and there will be events. But if I build a margin of time, talent, and treasure, I hope and pray I can be generous in the middle of all of it and grateful and thankful. we go now to a time of communion, I'm going to ask Josiah and him to come back up. And uh, If you don't have your elements, you can go ahead and go get those right now. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. It's not up on the screen, just listen and maybe close your eyes as we begin to prepare for this time if you feel comfortable doing that for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Or whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Before we take the bread, let me read Colossians 2, 13. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. Forgave us all our sins, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made public he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is my body, which is for you. Do this. Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. This is the new cup. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you're drinking, in remembrance of Him. Drink now. Lord, we've stepped off into this nine days of this new year. We know for those even listening online or those in the room, that's all that was even said here today or what we sang today or who we rub shoulders with today. That's not where our mind and heart is, Lord. But Lord, I pray today that we don't base our faith in you and our faithfulness to you on a feeling. We base it on knowing that you are who you say you are. We base it on how you poured out yourself for us. And we just want to say today, Lord, we're thankful. We're going to make some choices this next year, Lord. And Lord, if we begin to make good choices now, we can avoid some things that we will never have to experience later. Lord help us be the kind of people as we look back on this year we will know it was a good year it was a good year because we based it on following after you whatever comes it's based on that we love you today again we pray for those we know are hurting right now Pray healing over their bodies, their minds and hearts. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, we're going to sing on the way out. And just a couple of lines here. And then I'm going to ask if you can help us with something. One of our biggest outreaches we do here at Renovation, especially during COVID, has been a rise. And quite a few of you who attend here have come due to that. But I'm going to ask for some help afterwards. And so if some of you could stick around and help us with that to get some tables and chairs over here, we'd appreciate that. Won't you stand with us as Josiah leads us as we close today. But thank you again for being here. We look forward to a 2022 that's in God's hands.